Welcome to the OP Podcast for entrepreneurs who want to find more meaning in life and more profitability in business. Today, you'll hear from an entrepreneur just like you as they share a tip or two about optimizing life and business. Let's join the conversation. Hello, I'm Lyle. I'm with Optimize Profitability. Today, we're here with Nancy Wallace Lobbs. She's a real estate investor. She's a book writer, and she's newly started developing products. She's also started coaching people. She loves to think outside the box, and she told me to tell you she's an all-around great gal, so she'll give me her dollar later. <laughs> All right, Nancy, how'd you get started as an entrepreneur? Tell us that story. Well, okay, thanks. Thanks so much, Law, for having me on. You know, I've had a really great journey, and um, I've just been a person that I, you know what, I could just never work for anybody. I have that kind of personality. I, I don't really like to be told what to do. So even early on, I was one of those people that was always questioning my bosses and things like that. So about, I'm not going to say how many years, because I'm kind of older, but I used to be a blood bank management consultant. So I had um, gone to the University of Kansas, go Jayhawks, and graduated with a social work degree. And, you know, my goal was to help people. And I did, I worked for a, a Section 8 program in Kansas City. I actually helped establish um, the, the Section 8 office. Section 8 was brand new. Um, at the time, and I wrote all the protocols, and I, I really, my boss just let me create. I created the waiting list that to this day they still use there. And one of the challenges was that uh, at that time, Johnson County, Kansas was one of the richest uh, counties in the nation, and people didn't even want to admit that they had folks that needed help with rent and that kind of thing. So I was there for about four years, and then I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and I answered a blind ad, like younger people that are um, listening to this are probably going to go, what is she talking about? But I found my next position out of the newspaper. It was a blind ad. It said field rep. I had no idea what that was. So I applied for it and it was a um, a job for a blood bank um, representative. So my job was to go around to colleges. I, I had Arizona State University, companies like Motorola, hospitals like Baylor and coordinate blood drives. So that's what I did. And I did that um, for about a year and a half. And then I was promoted to the manager over the call center, which at that time they were still using rotary phones with rotary. If you don't know what that is, you are way too young. There was no cell phones. Uh, I think the cell phones in the time were like really big. And they had those big green data sheets, you know, that, that come off of those big printers with names. And that's how they used to call blood donors. So I was put in charge of consolidating and automating the, the call center, which was really cool because again, I was able to use my creative, I still worked for a company, but I was, I created the department and I worked with the, uh, we were actually the first beta testing for automated calling for blood banks. So we automated that. Then from there, I started going around the company that audited the, the dialer system. I would go for free. I did this for free. I would go to different conferences and, and basically talk about my experience them and how it works and how their productivity and efficiency. So I kind of got um, known as the person that could, you know, uh, basically cut costs for a blood bank. So then I was hired as a blood bank management consultant and I traveled all over the United States, Canada, and I even did a stint in England working with blood banks uh, and their call centers to basically help them become more cost effective by getting donors, blood donors into their centers rather than having mobile units. And when I did the one for Canadian Blood Services, I literally for a year and a half traveled back and forth from Toronto to Vancouver 
and we um, uh, we consolidated 45 different locations. So that's kind of my, you know, so I was able to be this entrepreneur, be very creative. I wrote all kinds of job aids and uh, protocols and things like that. So fast forward now, I'm in Arizona, and now the housing market is just going crazy. You know, and I always in the back of my mind, I always thought, you know, it would be so much fun to get into real estate, wouldn't it? It'd just be so much fun to be one of those house flippers or whatnot. I never really wanted to be a realtor or anything like that, but I was like, you know, that would probably be a lot of fun. Well, in our particular neighborhood, which we had lived in our house for eight years, it was just a regular, basic, you know, middle America house um, in Gilbert, Arizona, and Gilbert was just booming. And we started noticing houses were flipping in our neighborhood. We're like, what? What? What's going on here? So we went, um, we went to a couple open houses and we couldn't believe what people were paying for houses. We could not believe it because the house prices had like quadrupled. So you know what? My husband and I just said, you can get a job anywhere. And we literally put our house on the market, quit our jobs, and we moved to Dallas Tech within a matter of three weeks. Okay. We just took a leap of faith. Because we knew that we had skills that we could get a job, right? We could get a job anywhere. He was in IT. I was in, you know, blood bank management. They have blood banks everywhere. So we moved to Dallas, Texas. And that's kind of how we were able to start into real estate. So I was like, dang, you can make, you make some serious dough in real estate investing. So that was actually the first time in my life I was able to like just sit back for a few minutes and not have to really go get a job. So we started looking into real estate investing and I really was like, I really want to flip houses. That's what I want to do. So I met a lady uh, through an introduction and I said, I want to flip houses. That's what I want to do. And so she turned around and she gave me um, Gary Keller's The Real Estate um, Millionaire Investor book. It's blue. You can buy it at Half Price Books now. And she goes, read this. And when you get done with it, come back and see me. Well, I called her within a day and a half because that's how fast I just ate up that book. You know, I just, uh, what do you call it? Absorbed the information. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And it was about buying rentals. Right. And to this day, I, I kind of use his model, um, to buy three bedrooms to that. So that's how I got started in real estate investing. So again, didn't know anything about it. Right. And I wanted to learn more. So I talked to this lady into hiring me. She didn't want to hire me as a property manager, because I had no background, but you know what? Uh, I had, I had smarts, I had skills and I had the desire to learn. And uh, she paid me like hardly anything, (laughs) but within 30 days, she realized that she had somebody. So I created this position and we grew a property management company that I was in there for like 12 years as a property management manager. And we owned a property management company and we had all of our landlords were by referral. So fast forward, 2015, my partner unexpectedly passed away And yes, and here's a tip, a valuable tip. So at the time, everything was a handshake. I had worked with this person. She mentored me, um, you know, day in and day out. And we always had intended to put things in writing, but we never did. So when she passed away, guess what? There really was no partnership. And um, you know what? It was just best for me at that time to walk away. And it was uh, hard because I had a hole in my heart from losing my friend unexpectedly. And when you have a property management company with somebody, part of the intrigue and what I liked about it, because we could call each other up and go, oh my gosh, do you know what Mr. and Mrs. Smith did? Or you know what? We have a vacancy over here. So we worked in tandem together. So it was kind of like she was my why. And you know, she was a really great, she was also a real estate investor. So we did a lot of part. So then I kind of found myself without a partner. I was no longer a property manager. I was like, hmm, 
So then I said, and all along this, I had been buying rental properties because I became a property manager. So I would learn how to be a better landlord, how to be a profitable landlord, if you will, which we'll get to later. Mm -hmm. And uh, so in 2015 and along the way, I came across, I said, you know what? Um, When we first started buying, you know, we'd have chunks of money. We'd save up our money, buy a house, save up our money. Well, after a while, you run out of money. So I had to spend a lot of time, you know, figuring out, okay, well, where am I going to get more money? You know, because there's always, always deals. So I believe in two things. One, you can create your own deal flow in any type of market, but you got to have deal flow for lenders as well, right? So I spent a lot of time in both areas so that I have now a great um, access to money. So when I find a deal, which I continue to buy properties, but in 2015, I had never flipped a property, believe it or not. I hadn't really ever flipped or done owner financing. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to try some of these other strategies. So we went around to different Rios and we ended up in, in a coaching program that was really great. And because I do believe in coaching, because if you want to get to the next level, you cannot learn. I mean, yes, there's so much information out there that you can get for free, but at some point you do need that kind of almost like an accountability partner and you're paying for a network, right? And so uh, we joined a particular group and the network was phenomenal, right? I learned, I mean, I literally took my business from here to here within a matter of months because of the network. Um, And then I started doing other strategies and I expanded my marketing. And so one of my claim to fame uh, properties that I've done a lot of speaking about is we bought a property here in Fort Worth. I paid $10,000 for the house. I had no idea what I was going to do with it. Would it be a flip? Would it be a rental? What would it be? So while I was trying to figure it out, I stuck a sign in the yard in Spanish and English, handwritten, just got a Home Depot, get those blank signs. And in three days, I had sold that house for $50,000 owner finance. My terms, because when you do owner finance, you can, you know, it's your house. You can do whatever you want. Uh, we did 20% down and we financed the 40 for 15 years. So guess what? We, the buyer um, gave us the $10,000. So I was made whole and I'm financing 40,000 for 15 years at nine and a half percent interest. And there, that was two years ago. <laughs> so that was, that kind of made a believer out of me. So I've done a lot of owner financing and then the owner financing, um, and you can sell the notes and you can get all kind of creative. So I guess kind of back to my story is I, from a very young age, I always had that mindset of creating something out of nothing. So where there, even if it was a job and I was working for something, I always ask a lot of questions and employers, when you ask a lot of questions, if you have the right employer, they're always, always looking to save money, right? So if you can ask the questions about, well, how can I help them save money? How can I help them be better? Keep a job, even in your own job. So I've never been laid off. I've never, because I've always been in demand. And I, if I, and I've chose to leave, uh, to go on to other and bigger things. So I've been self-employed now for over a long time. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. So, um, and you know, it's just a mindset. I, I think it's been a mindset and I have, I do have drive, but it's a mindset. Like I just, 
am always asking questions. And you and I talked about that earlier is just that if you don't know, don't be afraid to ask. Um, and through the course of my journey as a entrepreneur and entrepreneurial like mindset, always hasn't been in real estate is I never stop asking why I never, I like to read a lot. Um, I, even as a coach now, I don't think I have all the answers. Um, but I think I have some of the answers. And if I don't have the answers, at least I know how to ask the questions to get the answers. So I think it's just that mindset, uh, when you're an entrepreneur, because I mean, did I have failure? Sure. Did I buy houses that I was like, Hmm, that probably wasn't my best buy, but you know what? Because I had a good mentor. I never, I made mistakes, but I didn't make huge financial mistakes that would bankrupt me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't buy a house where I, I lo- I did lose money on one house one time. Um, and I'm convinced it was because it was a three bedroom, one bath, not in a great area. My rehab was a little, you know, not probably the best, you know, from the contractor standpoint. And I did have to, and I did sell the house and I had to bring $2,500 to the table. Well, you know, at the end of the day, at least I didn't lose $50,000, right? And and I have walked away from deals, you know, paying earnest money or whatever, because I would rather lose $1,500 than $50,000. So I think also knowing and having confidence in yourself, I'm a, um, this is going to sound kind of wooey wooey, but I believe in my gut. You know, if I get kind of a bad feeling about a situation or whatever, I'll either kind of stand back and say, you know, something doesn't feel right. Because I think most of us, if we kind of are intuitive about ourselves and have confidence, um, you know, you're going to be guided more, right? And I've always been a, a, a transparent, probably too honest person. I don't know if that's such a thing, but, you know, I, I want people to be as ex- successful as I am. Um, I love helping people along the way. And one of my best stories is when I was doing the blood bank management consulting as I was leaving, um, cause I grew that, um, grew that uh, company, that part of the department, uh, into the millions where they were, I think it was like 9 million, which was a lot of money at the time. But there was a, I like to hire high school students because sometimes high school students, they have drive and they really want to know things. I think they get a bad rap, you know, a lot of times, but I hired this guy, uh, Gabe, if he's ever watching this. And he was 17 at the time when he came to work for me in the blood bank. And I am so happy to say that when I left, he was, he took my job as the director. So he, I had helped him cultivate his skill level and his management style so much so that he was able to step into my shoes when I left. He was a manager and they asked for a recommendation and I said, it's him. And they gave him the job and he did an awesome job. So, and then he went on to do bigger and better things. So I always like to think I had a lot of success stories like that with the young people, um, but it, it makes me feel good to know that I really made a difference in their lives. Yeah, I agree. That's great. So what's one tip you would give someone if they're just getting started entrepreneurship? <clears throat> Maybe they haven't even made that leap yet. What's a tip you would give them to take that step of faith? So I would say you're going to have fear. You're, you're going to just feel like, oh my gosh, can I do that? And you know what? You just need to do it because I think when people, you have to take some action. It doesn't have to be huge. 
and it won't, it'll feel completely uncomfortable, but that's okay. That's normal because what really prevents people from getting the life they want is they're afraid. They're afraid to make mistakes. They're afraid people will judge them. You know what? If you have friends, uh, this is, I did learn this. If you have friends along your journey, as you go up the ladder, you will have so many people criticize you. You're crazy. I can't even tell you how many people thought we were nuts for quitting our jobs and just moving to Arizona or to Dallas. They were like, what? So if you have those kind of friends, just know you need other kinds of friends. <laughs> but what happens when you go through those journeys is that when you finally get here, those same people are like in awe. Oh my gosh. Because when we now we tell the story, people are like, wow, that's amazing. At the particular point in time when it was happening, were we scared? Did we, my husband and I were like, oh my gosh. But we looked at, uh, at the age we were at our you know, our daughters were coming up and graduating and we saw it as an opportunity to make money, a lot of money where the stock market wasn't going to do it. You know, uh, Arizona is a right to work state. And so both of our jobs could be over with, you know, tomorrow we wouldn't have anything to say about it. So there was no like vesting kind of thing. So I would say my tip would be follow your gut. If your gut is telling you, even if it's making a mistake. Now I will caution you, don't Go and take your retirement savings. Two tips not to do. Number one, don't take the equity in your homestead house. Don't draw out all that money to go buy real estate. Just that's sometimes that's what people are advised to do. Do not do that. There are ways that you can make yourself financially attractive and less of a risk and not use conventional lenders. And that's kind of what we teach people. Um, so that would be one thing. But I think the biggest tip is follow your dream, but remember that it's, you're going to be scared and just to overcome it. And even if you write down, you know, what we did is we, we, I'm a big list person. So write down the top things. Like I always said that I wanted to write a book. I, that was just a goal from when I was a kid. So I finally did it. I mean, it took me many years to do it. Um, and I was, yeah, I was really excited. So okay, I'm going to show you, this is the book I wrote winning deals and heels. Um, it's my journey and nine other successful women, real estate investors. Um, and I'm a big one about giving back. Cause I always feel like, you know, in the universe, whatever you give out, you're going to get back. So part of the proceeds of this book are donated to Hope Store here in Plano, Texas, and it helps families heal from domestic violence. So they just get a check from me. And it was kind of cool because we actually had a book signing at the resale store when we first launched the book uh, about a year ago. Um, So, you know, follow your heart, follow your dreams. And, you know, I would say if you have people in your life, family, friends that criticize you, try to go outside and find some other people, like-minded people. Like if you want to be an entrepreneur, then find a meetup group for entrepreneurs. You know, if you have an interest, if it's in real estate investing, writing a book, and just you know, meet other like-minded people because if you are in a situation where you don't have any positive kudos coming your way to do what you really want to do, and if you, I mean, most of us don't want to be stuck behind a desk nine to five. That is not how humans were built. We're not supposed to be in a cubicle. Um, so what is your ultimate goal? And just, you know, I mean, it sounds silly, but vision boards and all of that really do help because it helps you visualize where you want to be And then, you know what, you just back it up and say, okay, here's where we want to go and you back it up. And what's the first 
action that you need to do to get to that ultimate goal. And it took us years. I mean, this, you know, especially if you're going to be in real estate investing. I mean, yes, there are people overnight that make a lot of money. Yay. I'm not one of them. It's taken me years to get where I want to be and, and really have the life I want to. Um, could I have taken a faster path? Maybe could have, would have, should have, but I don't really you know, spend time about that because I just, it was my path, my journey and everyone has their own journey and um, not everyone would just up and quit their job, you know? So I think that would be my biggest tip is just to really think about one action that you could take towards your goal. Great. Thank you. And y'all pay attention. We're going to take this on to another conversation. We're going to talk about two things. I don't want to get her on the spot though. I'm going to have her share a little bit about what she did with her vision board and what that looks like in her life. And then she's going to share about her profitable landlord system that she's just developed. She developed her first product. How cool is that? So y'all go to optimizeprofitability.com. Look on there for Nancy and we'll meet you over there. Thanks for having, for being here, Nancy. Thank you. Y'all have a good day. Thanks for listening to the OP podcast. Join the conversation on Facebook or look us up online at OptimizedProfitability.com. And always remember, you were born with a purpose. Now, go live like you believe it.